From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Ah, a Pinot pour. Excellent. Sounds like the rare show where we start with a red wine isn't it yeah it's a very rare show because uh, well first of all good morning or good afternoon everybody good morning good afternoon good day <laughs> yeah <laughs> good night we are indeed the winemakers and we, this morning we're oh well it's no longer this morning it's this afternoon and we are over at darling wines and so bart is here today and sam is here today we've got uh, brian on uh we're not at sam's today so we're not, no we're John's not actually Every, sounding a little off everything is you no know, look we're uh, you know we're in the newest tasting room in sonoma yeah uh, and uh getting acclimated yeah. We're nice soothed. Spot. We're soothed into submission by all these blue colors. The calm, you know, we just closed the door, the fountain. We're just, you it's know, it's a really nice Tom, area. Tom Darling's, uh, you know, <laughs> me- meeting his last name, matching his last name, just sort of lulling us into uh, a, a rough open. <laughs> oh, it's all okay. We are the winemakers, however. That's the most it's working. important thing. Exactly. I think we all just joined the club, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you check his microphone switch? Are you on? Say something, Tom. No, you're you are off, man. Uh, this guy usually helps to. Check. No, I turn on. that. That's it. The microphone on. Is it down or up? Up. You should be on now. I can hear it. Check, check one. You are. Tech, tech. You are. Technical difficulties. Technical That's difficulties. All okay. Yeah. All okay. See, this is what happens. We'll fix that. When we st- we pour the red wine first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's all okay. So what do, what do we have in our glass, Tom? Before we, got, we... Um, one of our favorite uh, Pinot sites. This is 2019 Azaya Vineyard. Um, so we've got uh, West Marin, West Petaluma. Just quintessentially cool climate, 400 foot hillside planted out there on the way out to Point Reyes. Could you be, just because I'm from Petaluma, that's Bart's. um, Could you be more specific to like what road it's on and what? So we go go through downtown, uh, through D Street, out. To, uh, out to get out to the hills, right. past McAvoy Ranch, right. go up and over that that ridge there, right. drop down into Hicks Valley. Yep. Uh, instead of going, when you get down to the middle of Hicks Valley, turn right turn at the right. Dulcini Ranch. Uh, yes, and you pass the little white school on the left. Yep. And yep. then the vineyard is it's beautiful hillside vineyard on the right hand side there. On the right hand side, yeah. Can Isn't you that owned by? Um, at one point, that was owned by who was the female weather reporter? Something Kelly. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah the city. I know that vineyard. Um, That's such Petaluma knowledge. This yeah. vineyard is owned by. Yeah. And there's not that many vineyards out there. Yeah, I, I no mean, weather you know what person. It is, it's because it was all dairy, right. and um, you know the, 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 and my family coming from dairy and cattle. You know, anytime a fucking vineyard moved, <laughs> it meant they couldn't use more chemicals. Right, they had to think about what they were going to do. Everything mm-hmm. was, you know, looked at. So. Um, yeah, my uncle Doug, who um, passed uh, last year, rest in peace, Doug. Um, he was a character about that, you know. But his favorite thing was to because the vineyards brought more attention, so then they couldn't. 
Well, the, no, the vineyards, like, like if they wanted to go out and shoot, spray for thistles, they wanted to go out and spray for thistles and not worry about it. Like, right. this was a time before Lauren Poncha and the Stemple Creek um, kind of movement. Right. Like, Doug was trying to do grass-fed beef, but, you know, he, you gotta, wasn't, you gotta have grass. he wasn't putting a lot. <laughs> I mean, what he put back into the soil is what the cows put into the soil. He didn't put much work mm. into it, I would say. Um, so I apologize. We got on this, no, on this no. tangent, but it, it, it is to go back to your answer or your question, Sam is, you know, all of a sudden there were people asking questions like, Hey, well, what are you doing at your place? And mm. you know, what are you doing at your place? And, um, I think they all coexist now pretty yeah. well. Right. Well, no, it's, re it's related because there's, it's mostly dairy out there. There's not a right. whole lot of vineyards. No. Um, and I mean, when Nan went in with McAvoy ranch, I, I can tell you my relatives were like, can you believe this lady? And she right. got money from the Chronicle, you know, <laughs> <laughs> newspaper money, newspaper yeah. money used to mean something. Town, right. So, <laughs> the, so the same family ironically owns a Zaya. Okay. I, believe, I believe it's different parts of the family, but yeah. uh, I, I might be, need to be corrected there. But there's a, an Isaiah animal sanctuary on the backside of the vineyard where they do like they rehab uh, animals and do adoptions and whatnot. And then they wanted to quote, like make use of this backside of the ridge, um, which and then I believe McAvoy uh, with Mark Pasternak, I think with Mark Pasternak planted this and then McAvoy farmed it um, for years. It was incredibly low yielding from 12, 13, 14, 15. And then Rhea Diversa, who used to farm it, she kind of brought it to life. And uh, it's all, it was all certified organic, just cool. incredible fruit. But is that what you, you just went organic and it increased the output a lot? Um, no, I think I think she did a lot of composting. Yeah. Um, but obviously, when you're working with organics, you don't have some of those same capabilities to get your yields up as as non-organic so i think well was some of it just the vineyard growing up also probably yeah just yeah. Mature, vines maturing yeah. um but it's volatile out there it gets very warm but it gets very cold yeah. with the, the entire 15 <laughs> yeah. acre vineyard um got frosted for the second time on june 4th last year no, no fruit wow Oops. june 4th june 4th so like may 20 it was like one like may 20th or something, and, then a, and then a i mean second it's one. it's in this pocket you yeah. know yeah. and it's it's actually it's surrounded the whole area is surrounded like this huge bottom sink right yeah, and right. there's there's really no way nowhere where it spills off right. going towards the Cacio dam but that's not a direct way it's like yeah. this and then with the drought i mean the 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 shoot growth was already extremely small so there, yeah. was, there was there was not much on there anyways and then it yeah. got frosted and, and the reason why there's no houses out there there's no water because there's no water out there. Uh -huh. i'm learning yeah, so. about this yeah, <laughs> yeah really no water in petaluma you know you think of it as this um sort of cool coastal kind of place but it is you know it's tough for anything to grow out there yeah. let alone you know Pinot Noir. Yeah, yeah because just, because I mean, d drive out by Nakasho and look at it. Right. There's, yeah, you know, not much there. There's right. not maybe in, in certain area there up a canyon there might be a redwood mm -hmm. grove and stuff. But right. those bay trees. Yeah, for me this is one of those like when it's good it's great sites. But if you it just has to be a good year. Yeah. Like Eighteen was incredible. Nineteen was solid. Um, but then twenty with the smoke and twenty one with the frost. And this year a good portion was lost to frost too. So it just, early frost. Wow. Yeah. So it just it's a tough place to. To do it, um, June fourth though that's outrageous. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be you a, know for a record California. Yeah, yeah. not a lot Crazy. of. I mean, maybe the foothills would be a place right. you'd ever think about that, but June fourth, I mean, no. for out there, yeah. it's wild. 
Yeah. Um, but one unique course, thing about this. It rained on June, 4, well, June 5th, That's Jasmine. True. So, yeah. This is um, a clone that you see a lot up in uh, Oregon, but not as much down, down in California. It's uh, Wadensville Clone 2A. Um, so a little lighter, lighter, brighter, spicier clone of Pinot. Um, we get more aromatics that way too, right? Yeah. And then this bit. is a uh, 75% whole cluster, four neutral barrels, um, unfined, unfiltered. Well, you know, we jumped right into the wines, but who, I really yeah, who are you? I really, yeah. I really want to <laughs> who say are you? And congratulations. When will you bring on, my credit card back? <laughs> on, on, uh, on the newest. You don't get that back, sorry. Uh, the newest tasting <laughs> place. The newest tasting house in Sonoma. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very that. much. And uh, so it's been a real trip uh, opening this place, huh? Yeah. Should I, should I go all the way back? Yeah, no, yeah let's you, go back. Like, where, where are you from? Yeah. Uh, originally from uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So go Warriors. Go Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are wearing blue. That, that's you know, true. I, I'm I mean, not, I'll be honest. I'm not the big, I played hockey growing up. Uh, yeah. So I was more Bruins. And then obviously with Tom Brady and the Patriots, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'll out that. I'm not the biggest basketball fan. So I'm following, but you won't offend me with uh, okay. any of that. Yeah. They're doing the offending. They're winning right now. So that's the good um, thing. But so no, I grew up outside of uh, Boston. Ashley is uh, from Orlando, Florida area. We met in college in North Carolina at Elon. Um, she went there for the marketing and communication school. I went there. I played tennis in college. That's how I found Elon. Um, we met the last month of college, which was a good thing because I had some growing up to do. Um, well, if you were playing tennis for college, tennis yes. And, <laughs> tennis and hockey. Yeah. 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 And uh, I had a job after graduation up in Boston. Uh, and Ashley had one in you're, Washington, you're D.C. You said that? Yeah, yeah, it came out. It slips. Yeah, a couple more, couple more glasses. Yeah, yeah exactly. I always we'll say be a few beers. And... And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I had this job and I, I quit after two weeks and moved to D.C. to be with Ashley. Hmm. So that was, uh, that was a, a big move. And, and uh, my parents were Did Ashley supportive. know that you were doing that? <laughs> they, they, yeah. And we, we had been dating for like a month and a half. And okay, wait a minute. So what it. sort of job? What was the first job? The out of first college? job, uh, which would be shocking to some who know me, was a financial representative position with Fidelity Investments. Um, I did not really study business in college, but um, I got the job, and I thought that's what I wanted to do, and it lasted for two weeks. Best two yeah. weeks of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but now then I went down to D.C., and I did uh, software sales. I did medical device sales. I coached some tennis, trying to find my way. And in that time, Ashley started a yoga company. She quit her job when she was 23 and she started a yoga company and it was an events company. And the main event was yoga and wine, um, wine tasting before that was a thing. Um, So I was there trying to be the helpful boyfriend, just, you know, assisting with the event. And then I said, well, why don't I can pour the wine? She she was hiring some and paying some wine distributors to come in and pour $8 Tempranillos and talk about them. And I was, there was like 50 or 60 people at all the events. And I was like, I was like, Hey, I can do that. Like, just give me the wine. I'll pour it. Right. So then overnight I became the wine guy and I started reading, you know, <laughs> I was for, for the company. I started reading websites Did it for the girl. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that was like 2013, 14. And then in 15, I was starting to read a little bit more, drink with a little more intention, learn a little bit. And we came out to California for the first time. And uh, went to my first vineyards. I was completely floored. Went back to D.C. And while I was working for a medical device company during the week, I got a job in a tasting room in Virginia on Saturdays. So I drive out there, pour Remember wine. The name of that winery? Green Hill. Green Hill. Yeah, Middleburg, Virginia. Yeah. Um, poured some wine, got interested. 
Um, and then a year later, Ashley and I got engaged and, uh, in 2016, we wanted a, an adventure. I kept in touch with a hospitality person out here has told me about working a harvest. So I came out to work my first harvest in 2016. Okay. 2016. That's the fast version. Some... So, uh, moved out first harvest. You had kind of probably seen it a little bit in Virginia. You'd obviously been doing some research. Yeah. There was the internet at that point. So you could actually like find some videos Podcast. and stuff. Podcasts. Podcasts. God, yeah, you are new to this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn about one. Yeah, for all you people out there, I was going through my brain like, how long has he been doing this? Yeah, yeah, right. dude, yeah not that long. Yeah, 2016, first, uh, first harvest in Napa at a yeah. winery. In, uh, and who was that? That was for when I called Tuck Beckstoffer Estate, now Amulet Estate. Yeah. And, uh, Crystal and, Springs Road. Yeah, so what do you, you learn on podcasts? <laughs> That's what, <laughs> what I wonder. I think what? you'd be surprised, honestly. Um, I, can, I can tell you Other, other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, what, what were yeah, your favorites? You listen to Levi, you, you know. You, yeah. you yeah. No, that, yeah. That, that, I mean, that, that, no, that was it. I mean, so 2016, worked my first harvest. Um, immediately was like, I'm gonna have to go back to school for this because of the, the technical side that I didn't anticipate. We got into wine off of the, for lack of a better word, the romantic side of wine, wine, you know, and then I Wait saw it's okay, a good So time. what was your first job at, at, at Beckstoffer? Was a harvest intern. So, so myself and one, one other guy in the cellar and we did. You show up day one, what do they make you do? I sorted Pinot day one. Uh, they, the fruit came in like a week early and they didn't have any time to train me. And they just, I said, I've never set foot in a winery before. And they said, St you're going to stand here and rake these grapes onto the sorting table for the next like six hours. And I said, all right, it was just me, the system winemaker and one, one other intern. Um, and it, that was go time. Isn't it cool though? When you start like that? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're Did a they feed you rat. <laughs> fed us lunch. And then I think, um, we finished the processing and all that. And we were in, I don't know, hour two of five of cleaning and spraying grape skins and all that, having a beer. And I said, this is great. And I said to the co-intern, I was like, hey, Pat, like, we can just finish this tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, dude, we're going to clean for the next four hours. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then you're going to clean it tomorrow before yeah, you use it again. It again. <laughs> and then he's like, you're going to do this for the next two months with me. And I was like, okay, understood. Yeah. <laughs> You know those grapes over there? They're never going away, but you're constantly going to pick them up. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So learn that lesson quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, so we flash forward there a little bit. So that was first harvest was pretty typical. Yeah. 2016 was um, yeah. was a good vintage. Yeah. Early-ish. A lot of Cabernet. Yeah. I learned the basics. I mean, we I, I started there with Pinot, but they that their main they focus Pinot. was was Napa Cabernet. Right. And that's the majority of what we did. And was it custom crushed? Did you do stuff for other people too? No, it, well, not really. It was Philippe Melko's the, at the time was the uh, consulting winemaker. I think we did, I want to say we did 80. Oh, I see there's a, I, you know, it's funny. I saw there was a, that was, that was the, the dinging, dinging the bell for the name, the Philippe Melka name drop. Yeah. Friends, uh, friends, oh, well, friends I don't, I don't know him, but <laughs> and me, I only me, met him neither twice, do we. But, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but it seems that, you know, there are people like, you know, now there's, I saw there was an ad for at uh, the Golden Gate Yacht Club, uh, taste of Philippe or taste mm. of Melka or something. And it's like six of his wineries. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. He was, no, he uh, was the, so, I mean, those were, you know, I learned a little bit about those types of protocols and that technical yeah, side yeah. of winemaking, um, which led me 
to be like, you know, I'm going to go back to school for this. I'm a sports management major. You know, this isn't, I don't know what, because actually I intended on making, at least like making some hobby wine, you know? And I was like, how, how are we going to do this? Um, but then between 16 and 17, just making new friends in Napa, you know, going to some of the local bars and stuff like Cadet, you know, going in there and having our new friends pour us other wines that were very different from what we were making up there opened our eyes to the more traditional or natural or hands-off low intervention however you want to describe it way of making wine which very quickly rejuvenated our energy around the intention of hey we want to make a few barrels of wine and see if we can do this okay so a question and this is just for the for how you got educated Mm -hmm. so in some instances you would learn the technical part by saying oh i'm going to hang out in the lab a little bit and try to learn that and and pick that person's brain but in a lot of modern wineries now they don't have labs really because they send everything out for analysis And, and what was bextoffer there at that point did yes, they I have mean, a small lab? I mean, yes, but but mostly sending out. Like they just kind of probably did their own sugars and maybe some pHs yes, and stuff. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just interesting because, yeah, that would have forced you to go out and learn it somewhere as opposed to standing over someone and saying, right. you know, show me how to do that or um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So then I. Uh, Should we taste another wine? Yeah, sure. This is, this is delicious, by the way. Yeah, Thank you. Good is. start. I'm this, enjoying it. Um, way out in West Marin. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is. Uh, this is one of my favorites. One of my favorite sites. Definitely, like there's a purity to this site. I think because of that, um, that hot and cold, that does get pretty warm out there. Um, 420 foot hillside, kind of rocky. Yeah, but it's got to be. Those frosts are tough. It doesn't get much higher elevation wise out there. I mean, until you get right south of that, right? Right. And we found our sweet spot with the vineyards that we source. Not not all, but but most are in this kind of just below the fog line. Um, Sonoma Coast vineyards where we're getting huge impact from the fog and wind and delaying ripening but also fighting against that sugar spike because we do make our wines in that kind of lower alcohol higher toned higher natural acidity style so that like Azaya and then we're moving on to Grand Vent right now these are like these fit the profile that we're looking for um, to a T okay so then let's talk about where where this vineyard is um as the crow flies probably only um 15 maybe 10 to 15 miles north of Isaiah. this is uh northwest petaluma kind of on the way to bloomfield it's off of uh it's in two rock Mm -hmm. so like little two rock road Mm -hmm. bodega Mm -hmm. ave um grand vent uh as one uh writer john bonet said in his book this might be one of the coolest climate vineyards in all of northern california and he said that because it's one of the first vineyards you hit in the mouth of the Petaluma Gap when you come off Bodega Bay and you come inland. This vineyard takes the brunt of that fog. It's like the first place that it that it captures or first place that it hits. So Isaiah, but more so Grand Venom, we harvested this at 21 and a half bricks on October 1st. So, I mean, you're getting this, wow. this hang time, this kind of slow cooking um, in the vineyard. Um, and then really, really wonderful acid retention too. It's at 250 feet. So when I go out there and I sample, you kind of come up over this ridge. I'm out there at say nine or 10 o'clock in the morning in, in early September. And the hilltops and the ridges are completely sunny. That where this vineyard is, is, is under a just dense blanket of fog, um, which, is, which is so neat. And, and it definitely creates, it's, it's the most unique wine that we make. Um, it, it balances this savory edge, unlike some other sites that we work with. Kind of that even has some like eucalyptus, some tobacco leaf that has um, clove, anise. These these really interesting 
aromatics and then behind that you get kind of that that coastal fruit that crunchier what clone mix this is actually this is nice because they have uh, four different clones on the property and we basically get a bin or two of each um 943 um pomard 667 and i believe a little bit of 828 um it's a totally unique wine though yeah Yeah. definitely beautiful that that um bright flash of um almost like it, it green tobacco mm-hmm. right there like like the second note as it hits your palate totally but unlike any it's a little fuller a little more mouthfeel to it there's a, yeah there's yeah. a ton of body it's texture big yeah. uh, well and it's not a big. it's not a typical fruit driven no right. Flavors. It's it's like this. It sounds like 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 people would. You could fool people whether this was Pinot or not. I bet. I I don't think you could ever get a fruit. You'd be picking in. You know, at Thanksgiving. Well, funny enough, to to get it to get to like twenty four. Right. Arnott Roberts um, makes Syrah from this site. They take this small block of Syrah and they tell a story that they harvested in like like close to Thanksgiving. Like uh, like one one year that was super late. Honestly, could have been eighteen. Yeah, it's probably eighteen. Um, so just extreme coastal. Honestly, right. you know this. Um, you know we talk a lot about Sonoma Coast and West Sonoma Coast and like Freestone Oxdale and Russian River and what what are these different places? You know, being at lower elevation where it is sometimes more a month later than some other vineyards in the, in a similar area yeah. or in, in the region, which is at the same yeah, time. And, and you know what? It's the same thing. I, and I actually have relatives that have a dairy out that way. And it, <laughs> it's, um, and spent a lot of time out there. And again, it's windswept. Yeah. Um, the hills are a little more gradual as opposed to, um, Hicks Valley, uh, mm-hmm. where the hills are extreme Definitely. and it's the, it's the sink. Um, uh, it, it's it's more windswept as opposed to um, you know hot, extreme highs and lows. Definitely. Um, and there's just not much out there. Again, you look at what grows around it. It's a whole bunch of eucalyptus that yep. was you know just blocked the wind. Plant to, planted for windbreaks. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that you know as we're learning more about the Petaluma Gap as well, and maybe thinking about typicity of the Petaluma Gap, I do think it brings because of that wind and fog brings a slightly savory profile to some of the wines whereas maybe the warmer part of the russian river has more of that kind of like more dense fruit to it yeah, definitely um, savory yeah this is very much oh it's a big difference from the first one too yeah. right. big difference but made and i kind of harp on this and tastings but made the same way so like what gets us going what energizes right. us is that pure sense of place we, yeah we are going to taste three different pinots and they're all made the exact same way from very unique and different sites so that you can experience place um, above everything else. I mean, we put our winemaking style on it, um, but tasting place and, and uh, is, is most important. Yeah. Well, speaking of tasting place, this is such a nice uh, facility and the graphics are great. You've got graphics in here about the rain patterns over the years. You've yeah, I'll got, post a couple of Instagrams. They're very, yeah. it's nice. Um, but we always hear stories about Sonoma and how bad was it to open <laughs> a new tasting room in town? I'll just leave it, plop it right there. Um, I mean, this and this place historically has been a number of tasting rooms, but it was the magic number hit. Yeah. It was closed for 45 days. Yeah. Right. So it all of a sudden becomes. New. New, yeah. yeah. 
Oh. And whoever was here last, I'm doing Tom's job, whoever was here last <laughs> took the dishwasher with them. They and as soon as you do that, you have to get, a, you know, permits. That and they did, yeah. Plumbing and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, God. I mean, you know, our sample size is one, so I don't, we don't know, we don't know any different. Maybe I'm like you guys, but, um, but we'll start with that. But, uh, it was, it was a couple months, um, you know, getting all of our, our licensing and applications and everything done. Sam, you're right. Like re having to reapply for the tasting room since that, uh, permit was revoked or taken away. Um, Sonoma also, Pre-COVID, they they were I think there were 34 tasting rooms in the city limits, and they wanted to bring that number down. So they got it down to I believe it was 22, and we um, were able to come in and have the 23rd license, and they're only allowing 25 max. So I believe that there aren't going to be any other new tasting rooms for a while, and the address, as you mentioned, has to have been a tasting room in the past. I believe that no new locations that weren't prior tasting rooms can actually be licensed as tasting rooms in the city. Well, so this one, someone has to leave then for you to move in. Basically, this one has to be just um, prime property because mm. I mean, it's a walkable. Yeah. You've got a whole bunch of different people down here. Now I've seen McLaren's is still empty yep. right. down here. Sign they signed up. Yeah. They never took that down. Right. Oh. And then there was another one just up the alley here. Where was uh, Jay Edwards or I'm not sure what it was. Oh called. yeah. Um, uh, Edwards, Jay, Jay Edwards. Something I like think that. they were actually in more of a Napa winery okay. that had a tasting room here for T Edwards. T Edwards. T Edwards. And T Edwards is a distributor. It's not, okay. And Passaggio was something. here for a long, long, long right. time. Right. right. I know that that tasting room there now is a photography studio. Oh, um, so okay. that, that is since, so that has gone come. away then. That's yeah. What uh, yeah. from what I can tell other the, the anything related to tasting room like uh, operationally was like remove the bar and all that. So that's, mm -hmm. so I, I, I'm trying to think of like 12 tasting rooms closed from Which the start ones? of COVID to, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple I'm down here, Vine Alley that, right. you know, McLaren, yeah. a couple others here. Passaggio left. Passaggio club isn't there anymore. Right. Is Lake Sonoma still Adobe doing anything? Adobe Road. I'm not sure. Adobe um, Road is still, is now. Uh, Adobe Road is still right here. Yeah. Or no. no it's uh, Rancho, Mar so Santa, Rancho Maria, Santa Maria. Right. Next to, you know, between. Right. Next to the. Steiners. The yeah. Yeah. Down the. Um, yeah. That's a good question, Sam. I didn't think 12 tasting rooms closed. But. Yeah. No, they're um, capping it at 25. I guess yeah. I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. I guess we we're pretty focused on other things last couple But no, years. And we, we love the location so far. Like we, we feel like, you know, believe that our wines are a bit of a find. Like we only make three to four barrels of each of these wines. So we kind of liked being down the alley a little bit. Like you kind of have to find us or discover yep. us. Um, so I think it fits with that, that intention. And, um, and then, yeah, we put our spin on this, this whole place because the prior winery, their brand was more like red and black and white. Um, so there was a lot of darker colors in here, so we gave it a facelift and, um, nice job on it too. Yeah. Thanks. That's all my wife. Well, actually, you're going to find the summer that it's just going to be packed out here with families and this, the, because I see them, they're hanging at the fountain. It's yeah, a really right. cool little spot in town. Yeah. People come really down is. every day and take pictures of the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, they're uh, going to come into your place now. Yeah. That's and the idea. You are, it's, it's by appointment. Right I mean, now we're rules doing are both. By, okay, you're doing yeah, both. right now we're doing both. My um, intention down the road is to be by appointment. Um, can you have some space outside? We can. However, we are waiting for some parking 
related um, God, isn't that amazing? clarity clarity to to allow us <laughs> well to some use, of the parklets go away right yeah they're, 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 the the city's working on that we're, we're um we're just waiting to hear at some point so you need parking spaces out there so you could have tables right outside your door underneath your overhang uh yeah outside the door here under here um right, yeah. m- my understanding is that similar to restaurants you need like so many parking right. spots for how many seats that you yeah, have yeah. and that's they're figuring that out with what with what we have in yeah, here. Yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks for explaining. That. Sure. Yeah, and I, I hope I'm explaining it correctly. Just, if anybody know. actually knows, <laughs> yeah, right. no one listens were, to this anyway. <laughs> don't worry about there it. were only seventy parking spaces lost with all the parking. All right, let's. Oh, sorry, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then um, so 2016 worked at First Harvest, um, and then 2017. Uh, Signed up or applied and worked for another harvest up in St. Helena at Ravana Family Vineyard. Um, that was under another famous consulting winemaker, Thomas Brown. Um, but similar size, we did 80 tons at Tuckback Software Estate and I, or something like that. And I, we did about 80 at um, Ravana too, which was great for us because there's just two interns and we did everything, you know, um, long, long internship. Um, no extra help, which was, which is great. So I, I was, my whole thing. And even to this day is just about learning, like learning every single year. So those internships, um, were extremely hands-on, which was just fantastic. And, and, and this is a vineyard. I know I've tasted some wines off it. There's a number of people that make. Some, yeah. Mariah. Yeah. Uh, Mariah is, uh, this is an incredible vineyard. This is at 2,600 feet elevation, um, on the very top of Mendocino Ridge okay. certified regenerative, um, old vine, dry farms, no-till, um, kind of check, checks all the boxes. Um, and yeah, I don't know how many acres the duelings have planted up there, but they planted everything in 80. They, they bought, I, I believe it was like a hundred or a couple hundred acres of redwood forest, cleared a, a portion of it, say 40 or 50 acres and planted and then left the, the rest wild. Um, so plant on virgin land too, which we're talking about like West Petaluma, a lot of dairy out there, a lot of farms. So nothing was farmed on this land before, which is pretty neat. Um, How far is it away from the others? So far. <laughs> it takes me like three, it takes from door to door from here would be three hours. Okay. This is way up in Anderson okay. Valley, John. Right. So you get like to, going out to, um, going to Fort Bragg or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, you get Cloverdale. to Boonville and you drive about two miles through Boonville and there's Mountain View Road on your left. Yeah. And you, you get on Mountain View and you just go up for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, and it's not even that it's that far as the crow flies. It's just how it backs. How to get there. It's a fun yeah. place just, to drive grapes out there's like sure. fish rock road <laughs> yeah there's like fish rock road at the start of anderson valley that goes up yeah. the the first half right. of mendocino ridge mountain view and then there's one other at the very there, end there's a there's a number of um uh, bike races uh, un, right. unqualified right. bike races up there fish, fish rock. rock is yeah, one of yeah, them yeah. the mendo hopper that they have and you know there are these 60 to 80 mile races on a lot of gravel because that's where yeah. you can find gravel right, right. Up um, the mountain. and it's you know eight thousand feet of climbing and yeah. stuff it's serious stuff yeah. yeah um yeah and this wine again made the pretty much the same as the other um 100 whole cluster native ferment native mallow extremely gentle extraction if you can believe it this is this is like a 12 12 days in the tank or so and for the first seven all i did was drain a little juice every morning and just wet the cap drain a little juice into buckets at e- an evening and wet the cap. And I did that for seven days. Um, so sort of a quasi Delastage sort of yeah, something. Yeah, 20, 21 gallon bucket overs. Just to keep, yeah. 
Yep. That's about, uh, that's bucket about overs. it. Yeah. Bucket overs. No, I like bucket overs. Yeah. That's better than some fancy French word. Yeah, de for sure. yeah. <laughs> But uh and then after seven or eight days, foot treaded the top fifth of the tank a little bit. Um release a little more juice, a little more sugar, feed the yeast. And then um once it got close to dry, then basket pressed, gravity drain to four barrels. Um, all neutral. And we use neutral we don't use any new oak in any of our wines, so everything's always neutral. So was it always gonna be Pinot? You know, first it was Syrah. So when I worked that second harvest in 2017. First it was going to be Syrah, and then you listened to the winemakers podcast <laughs> <laughs> and said. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. No, I understand the challenges with Syrah. Um, no, so. Sales so proof. We, yeah. <laughs> so we. Why uh, is that? Is it just so it's, misunderstood? No, I mean, you know what? A little bit that's a, a, a misnomer from the past when it was yeah. basically. Now, if you make good Syrah, you can find people that make yeah, we, yeah. we sell out of Syrah. Yeah. You just don't make huge amounts of it and charge small amounts for it. You yeah. know, in, in the sort of like post-Napa cab market, there was always like the search for what would be next. And... For a while, Syrah was what everybody thought was going to be next. And, you know, so from the, they planted a lot of it, big giant vines. Syrah is, you know, uh, super vigorous, can carry a huge crop. And so you get these, you know, un, unresolved Syrah, you know, overcropped, mm. unresolved Syrah. And then people tried to make it like Cabernet and, you know, extract the heck out of it. You know, new oak, barrel ferment, all these things. And... You know, it's not just didn't react that's not well. what Syrah, it's yeah. not the best way to make Syrah. Right. Um, and, you know, there's still some of those out there that are probably successful. But um, I, from my stand, it, it was the farming It's because you planted Syrah in places where maybe it wasn't the best place to plant it. And then you overcropped it. And it doesn't matter how you make it. If you're overcropping it, you're never yeah. really going right. to get wine that people want to drink i think it's also a, it's, it's a chameleon in a sense that you can make an 11 and a half to 12 percent alcohol syrah that has full flavor and texture and you can ripen that same vineyard in some cases to 16 percent and destem it and do what what sam said and you can make a a, a wine if you were to try and make an 11 and a half percent cabernet sauvignon from napa like that that's just never going to happen so i feel like there was a peel the skin off the inside of your mouth <laughs> yeah so i feel like you know, there was uh, also just consumer like confusion with Syrah yeah. too. It just didn't really have its identity. Whereas like Cabernet has its identity. Like it just, oh, yeah. it, Napa Cab is Napa Cab. You know what I mean? Whereas Syrah is just a little bit of a, a chameleon like that, which to for me, I think is great because we make a type of style of Syrah. Well, that's... something is going to be next. I mean, what is going to be next after Napa Cab? Because they're, it's moving in a whole bunch of different directions. Yeah. So good Syrah, good Pinots. And Grenache. so Syrah, we... Uh... Grenache. Grenache. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you've ever heard of Grenache before. I think so. <laughs> I think so. John, I thought you knew this, right? We've gone over this. <laughs> I understand. Don't the worry. job of this whole thing is... So my Grenache. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think I got an order today. Anyway, let's go ahead. <laughs> um, so 2017 was working that harvest uh, in St. Helena, and we saw um, some organic Syrah for sale out in West Marin. And Ashley and I looked at it. We spoke to our family and said, hey, we help us buy this one ton of, of Syrah, and we're going to try our hand at some winemaking on our own. So, um, Do you mind saying what a ton of Syrah from West Marin cost in 2017? At that time, it was probably 2500 Now it's more like three. Um 
This is a on McAvoy Ranch, actually. Right. So we got two bins, barely a ton of Syrah. Um, made it. I made it on my way to work at another St. Helena winery and on my way home. Um, and kept it simple. Did 50% whole cluster, a couple punch downs a day, um, and some and neutral oak. And we figured we'd have some wine to send home to friends and family. Um, you know, at, at, at minimum, we'd have something to, to show. And then I had started working after that harvest for a wine distributor in Napa. Um, and I brought my Syrah after bottling to a meeting at Bouchon Bistro. And the buyer loved it. And he put it on the list. And that was kind of our excellent. Our the distributor moment. fired you for selling your <laughs> yeah. own no, wine. I was 1099. Not what you were no. sent there for. I was 1099. They were they were okay with it. They were okay with it. Well, let's let's say this: there was no other West Marin whole cluster Syrah right. in the book. <laughs> you were right. competing. Yeah. Yes, right. there was no no competing there. Right. Um, so yeah, we so then we have 50 cases sold out of it in a few months, and that was that was affirming of our intention. Right. Um, That's awesome. what we were doing, um, and then so. You asked about, was it always going to be Pinot? Right. And then the next year we were working with McAvoy. They were farming Isaiah. The following year was 18. They had extra crop. Um, and they said, hey, well, if you would like to make some Pinot. And we said, absolutely. Um, and that's how we got into Pinot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, we've, Ashley and I, like our palates, like we've always loved Pinot and Syrah, but more so we've always loved wines that do well with whole cluster too. Let's try that's, the just where, that's just where we, where right. we go. If you put two wines... Um, on the table next next to us, like we're going to gravitate towards this. Right. Um, so it was a natural fit with Saran Pinot right. uh, for us. Yeah, we got some Syrah like, here. Sounds like a run. Yeah, it does. And and I actually brought two barrel samples of Syrah to taste too. And so this is from that's uh, Flaccini Vineyard. So Flaccini is oh yeah, and uh, Ernie's, south of Ernie's Tin Bar. Yeah, this is a landmark I like um, to use. I went to Ernie's Tin Bar. <laughs> That's a that's a dairy that got was yep. changed to uh, vineyard. Yep, his family um, um, or their family, I think, in like the '40s or something, had mm-hmm. a, had the dairy farm there. And Andrew Flaccini and Nick Flaccini still farm it. I was out there like two weeks ago, and just with Is our there a gym too. No, uh, I, no, I just yeah. know uh, Andrew and Nick, and uh, Andrew just comes buzzing around the corner on his tractor. And but now, would you say it. that like? I mean, so first of all, this is not Marin. This is Sonoma. Yep, Sonoma Coast. And then, yeah. so then would you say also, I mean, this is also pretty extreme and pretty, I mean, maybe not as cold, but definitely foggy. Um, how much is it weather here and how much is the soil? Because the soil in this part is completely different than totally. any of the Pinot vineyards, right? So I, I like to say that West Marin is more impacted by the fog and these Lakeville Highway vineyards are more affected by the wind. Because this is only three miles north of San Pablo Bay. So if you're out there in the afternoon, you've got, you know, any day in late July and August, September, you've got 15 to 20 mile an hour winds coming off San Pablo Bay all day long. Right. So I would say this one is a little bit more wind driven, whereas West Marin has a, has a combo, but more, more of the fog. Um, soils here. Like, and this is clay, right? It's, it's, it's loam on top of clay, but then you also get like that old San Pablo Bay marine sedimentary powdery soil down here. Um, it's just really interesting. Um, another tough place for water. Yeah. Um, not a lot of water down there. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately in, was it 2021? And the salt water is not that far. That's no. And I, I hear you that. You can't drill a well. Right. No. Can't drill a well. It's going to come up. Uh, exactly. I mean, lane. the tributary is across the, the highway. Yeah, that's right. You know, to the, to the bay. Yeah. So you can't drill a well there. Um, they just dredged their retention pond actually last year, which was pretty fascinating to watch. 
remove remove tons and tons like literal tons of mud so now they they have cleaner a cleaner base and they're retaining more water um interesting interesting, yeah and is that um is that something that they collect from wells and pump into or is it something that runs off from the hillside runs off from the hillside and rainwater yep yeah um so i found this vineyard um you know as i was as we had moved out here in in 16 and um started drinking um wine with friends and people would bring pax wines and um you know, I, I just remember seeing Griffin's Lair Vineyard on one of the packs Syrahs, and I was like, oh, this is a cool wine. Um, so I was looking in this area for Syrah, and I found the flat on their old website that might not even be up anymore. I found a phone number, which this is how I find vineyards, I guess. And I called, and I just <laughs> left a message on an old voicemail machine, like n- did not think I was going to get a phone call back about the Syrah, and it just so happened that there's only one acre of Syrah here, and the rest is all Pinot and Chardonnay. It just so happened that the guy who was buying the Syrah for the past like eight years just pulled out and Andrew Flushing called me back and said, do you want to come take a look at it? Um, and before he, we even went into the vineyard, he was in his old dairy barn working on his custom made from scratch with his own hands tractor that he custom made the, uh, what like the motion sensors to, 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 um, cut grass cut under vine. Right. And then he was like, yeah. And if I miss any, and he showed me he had one of those back scratchers, but he put clippers on the end of it. And he's like, yeah, and if I miss any, I, I take the back scratcher and I clip, clip the vines. And he was like, we're all organic and this is how we do it if, you, if you're okay with that. And I said, like, please show me the vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is awesome. That's great. It's cool. just, a, just a really wonderful family and uh, doing things the, the right way. It's a nice wine. You know, it's got nice, um, nice middle weight and um, really savory. Yeah. Um, uh, smoky, smoky, savory. coffee, dry rub kind of. Yep. yep. Um, this wine I made all actually by gravity too. I was didn't do any pumps on this one, um, even draining, and then you know forklift up, dump it into the press, press it, forklift up, put it into the barrels and stuff, and just I was kind of experimenting a little bit, so it came out maybe a little bit lighter than than intended, but I prefer to err on, and actually too, like with our pallets, we prefer to err on the side of lightness. Um, so actually, if you want, I have 2021 here ah. that just finished Mallow. So bear, bear with it. You can taste. Yeah. I did a few more punch downs on 2021. We're professionals. <laughs> yeah. By the way, while well, we... Sorry. Go ahead. We had just a second. Uh, these pieces that you do your collateral i really want to congratulate you on these they, oh thank you they look beautiful they really describe who you are and uh nice job on that thank you um yeah we're we take pride in those we uh we put a lot of work into them they're um describing our, our wine club and and uh, our release brochures so we typically write a letter with um you know what's going on in our lives um we have a 11 month old son at home desmond so we've talked a lot about him and that experience um talk a little bit about winemaking and then we do a grower feature because we're always like, and you might be able to tell with the tasting room, like with our gallery wall, we're always trying to show the people behind the wines. And to that point, we put the vineyard workers uh, names on the back of each bottle too. I noticed that. Um, just to, you know, again, like giving credit where credit's due since we don't, we won't fix any wines in the winery, won't add anything to them. So we think that what's done in the vineyard by those hands um, shows up in our glass. And then on our gallery wall in the tasting room, we have our fulfillment guy, Eddie, who, um, if you ever order wine from us, he's the one great who follow on Instagram. By the way. <laughs> yeah. If you don't follow, I'm going to pull up so I don't, so I don't, uh, 
say something wrong on the name, but he's marathon running. Yeah. Uh, so curly ED, mustache wearing, Ed, uh, champagne Ed drinking. Buena, yeah. Eduardo Babuena. Uh, yeah, got this amazing mustache. Um, unofficial mayor of Napa. Unofficial mayor. I would, uh, if I, you know, I'm not. I'm not a Napa resident. I'd vote for him. Yeah. Uh, champagne and tacos is his That's his whole deal. Yeah. Uh, and just a super nice guy. Oh, we'll get him on the show one day. Yeah, yeah. you should. Yeah. We, we've talked about doing a tacos to run kind of mm. something with. So. Yeah. Maybe sell some Grenache along the way. They'll sell some Grenache. <laughs> you know, Syrah goes well with tacos yeah, too. I'm, like, no, I'm not going to sell. Agreed. No, you know. Agreed. So I noticed there's a little on on the right side of the label. There's a little, yeah, notch, notch, yeah, in the label. So um, that means a couple of different things. And again, I'll, I'll, we're always trying to tell a story. Um, my grandfather immigrated from Ireland when he was 19 uh, to New York and then to Boston. Um, lived out his life and again Boston. <laughs> and uh, and then Ashley and I moved west to California to pursue our dream and our life. Um, and then all the vineyards that we work with and try to work with are on the west side of kind of the, the coast of California. So um, yeah, just giving a little meaning behind that. Cool. Yeah. It also matches the notch that's on the topography map on the back of the label that tells right. you where the vineyard is. Right. Yeah, and I, I all I, signs I, pointing west. Right. Yeah. Go west. I, I do like that, and I do like the the way you show you know the position of the map, um, especially without any points of reference. Yeah, but yeah, it's cool the, graphic. But the graphic is the same, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, the point of reference is you know point rays, right? I mean, yeah. No, I mean without without a right, name. There's no to, yeah. no names. Yeah. Just the the top the topography. And if you know, you know. Point raised, yeah, well, just also know. tell them that like everything we do is in relation to proximity to the ocean mm-hmm. or the bay and elevation. Mm-hmm. So those are those are factors in the all the wines that we uh, all the wines. Oh, I guess this the I guess the Syrah probably doesn't see. Right. Let me see the back of the Syrah. Yeah, no, it's the Syrah has it. Oh, the Syrah. It's yeah. just very. I don't know where the bottle. Went. There it is. Oh, yeah, it's just right. very much on the inside there. Right. Oh, okay, I see. It, you barely catch. Yeah, we might need to expand that a little bit. (laughs) Just shift over a tick. (laughs) Cool. Who Uh, does your photography on this? You do? Okay, good, good. Well, it's nice. Not not all of it. Nice compliment. That's actually from our garden. It's amazing what an iPhone can do these days. But there's some professional photography in there too. So so this is same vineyard. Yep, 2021. But the first one we had was what vintage? 19. Was 19, okay. Didn't make any in 20. Right. Um, and then just we're kind of showing the difference. Obviously, it's incredibly young. It just finished Mallow. There's, you know, hasn't been sulfur to racked or anything. Um, but just a little more extraction, a little bit more ripeness in, uh, in 2021. Still like just over 12 on the alcohol, but, but pretty much made the same way. Just fun to taste. Yeah. It'd be fun to watch that one come together. Yeah. How do you keep them so low in alcohol? I mean, pick early. Magic ones. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we pick on sugar. Like I'm of the belief that ripeness is an opinion in California because we do get a a a good amount of sunshine, right? Um, That could be a t-shirt. Ripeness is an opinion (laughs) in California. Yeah, I've been thinking about something to do for a t-shirt. That could be it. He's a Um, dedicated listener. (laughs) Probably listens more than I do. Um, But no, I, you know, I'm picking equally, if not more on acid than, than, um, than sugar. Um, because we're using whole cluster, because you have that potassium in the stands, because it's going to elevate the pH, because Syrah already has and carries a higher pH. I'm, I'm always looking, trying to find that perfect balance so that we can make the wine in the way that we see fit, um, so, but make something stable. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, 
does that mean that with every sugar check you do, you do mm -hmm. an acid check also? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the samples. And so what what are you running? Acid, and pH. pH, and sugar? Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'll run sugar and pH. And, you know, typically, you know, we're trying to pick around 3.3 or just under 3.3 on pH. That allows us, if we're going to go 100% whole cluster, there's other factors, of course, um, to sure. have a finished pH yeah, yeah, that yeah. is that it's manageable. Uh, I mean, the first Syrah that I made was like four point something. Like it was, it was up there yeah, well, um, it's raw, and it's I, le so I learned raw. quick, yeah. but you know, speaking of podcasts and stuff, you know, when, when I was at Ravana in 2017 in the cellar, I was the only person in the cellar in the winter and I would just go in and put on, I'll drink to that for hours and just do all the rackings by myself. I, for, I would listen to like eight hours a day. And I remember listening to Aaron Jordan's podcast and him talking about some of those first Nair Syrahs yeah. that he made and, um, and how his experience in the Northern Rhone that Syrah can really handle a higher pH than most varietals. So just trust it. He right. said those first Nyers wines were like four, four, yeah. you know, and like, not that I want to do that, but it just gave me a little bit of, uh, but, but the, the amazing thing is, and I've made those wines too, where I've just like, and, and it's amazing how good they taste, yeah. you know, there Maybe are certain things stable at four, four. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are, well, I don't have any experience at four, four, four point, but. <laughs> yeah. 4.04. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, 4. No, but, I've never seen one of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, <laughs> Related to my own family, Sam. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, pH is all relevant, and um, so you basically you have a sugar number that you get to, and you probably have a low and a high, and then you work backwards from where the pH is, and yeah, and then as long um, as and that, then how it tastes, and of course, yeah, as long yeah. as the juice that we're sampling tastes ripe and it's not, you know, underripe then we know we're in the window. Right. Um, and that goes for Pinot too. Um, and also just like the, the expression of Pinot Syrah and Chardonnay for us at 12 to 13% alcohol and like that the fruit profile there is is also like what we prefer. Right. Like with Chardonnay would be that more like citrus realm right. versus the tropical. Um, and then for the Pinots and the Syrahs, it's kind of balancing that fruity fruit and savory. Um, and for us not letting it get too fruity. Yeah. So I, I've caught a few times that you kind of have changed the percentage of whole cluster mm -hmm. and you base that on what those final phs are and how much you're gonna leave in there how much you're gonna yeah. stem and how much you're gonna i mean loaded question um Fair enough. Uh, I've, I've, i told you we were gonna come with hard yeah. ones eventually i've not in four or so years i don't think i'd be stem syrah i'm not interested in syrah that's, that's not for us that's not stem. i just i love the aromatics and what in the texture that it brings to the wine with pinot sometimes having all the stems in there it can get a little stringent right. so learning site to site for example i worked with one site in anderson valley last year that was an incredibly steep sandstone hillside and i think that what um i used to sell dan petrosky's wine and he, he he taught me this and how just how water interacts with the tannin development and like those tannins for pinot were astringent um that wine probably could have used some destemming right. that's a bit chewy for pinot for us so just learning as we go and then adapting um, yeah, if that answers the question, yeah, totally. yeah always, but primarily, I mean, they're mo all the wines are pretty much always 75% plus, or I might do one, one, I might split the, the two tons into one and one and, and destem 50% of one and right. go a hundred on the other. And then it'll go together eventually to right. bring both components. Right. Um, but that's something that we'll, we'll adjust. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that. That wine's delicious. Thank you know, you. it's there's all all the potential is there, right? 
I'm, I'm just very excited about it, that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that changes in yeah, the next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's taut right now, like real, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I've got one more for you before we do the Chardonnay. This is, uh, we expanded to the Santa Cruz Mountains this year. And I found a uh, really um, fascinating vineyard called Zianti that is um, dry farmed, own rooted, 35 years old at 1200 feet on fractured shale and sandstone. Uh, about basically looks at Monterey Bay if you cut the trees down. Um, 1200 feet, just a really incredible, incredible place. So like place. south of Highway 17 or north of Highway 17? Uh, southwest, so southwest closer to Santa Cruz. Uh, north of Coralitos. So wait, uh, Pinot or Syrah? Syrah. Okay. Um, again, just finished Mallow, like young, but. Um, wow. This is. Totally. Um, Strikingly different aromatically, yeah, right and 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 really showing nicely, you know, Syrah, yeah. Yeah. F- fresh out of ML, can kind of want to be, you know, closed. Very and different, stinky. aren't they? Right, um, but this is really showing some pretty aromatics. Yeah, there. I'm uh, holding back my excitement. I think on this yeah, wine, no, like you're I'm actually not. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm thrilled with this uh, with this wine. I'm, I think it's it's going to be really really fun once we get into the bottle. Totally. Beautiful wine. Mm-hmm. Having fun. Mm-hmm. So, you, you at some point, did you study anything, cla- or was it all podcasts and internships? <laughs> I, uh, I took two classes at Napa College okay. in the winter of 17. I took fundamentals of enology and uh, wine, like wine sciences um, with Paul over there, Gospodarzik, right. who's, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part about those classes was they, they were the night classes and it was all um, industry people that all had day jobs in winemaking or whatever. Oh, I bet you learned a lot. Oh my gosh. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It was it was basically open discussion every night. Yeah. Uh, tasting wines, doing different things, you know, le- learning, obviously like doing the, uh, learning from the textbooks too. So much of it was open discussion. People working at an array of different wineries. You had your more conventional, your more natural, your big, your small, your, I mean, it was phenomenal. Just sharing of information. How many times did you end up at like cadet after a class? <laughs> yeah, often, <laughs> often, yes, which is great. And I still talk to some of those people. Yeah. Um, what and, an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's, think about that, what you can learn from those people. Those, so that, that open and sharing information and then finding those articles and podcasts where, where winemakers or vineyard owners do share yeah. their information. And then <clears throat> I've befriended a couple people in the industry who have helped me. You know, yeah. mini mentors, if you will. And and where are you making the wines? Um, Speaking of friends or mentors. yeah, yeah, we so we were up at this point we we're making our wines at Anaba, uh, and now we're moving up to Sugarloaf. Okay. Yeah, this year this is this vintage, and we made a little wine at Magnolia Wine Services this year with Sam. That's how Sam and I. They, yeah. Okay. They spilled over out of Magnolia. Right. I mean, out of uh, Anaba into Anaba. Magnolia. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Tom was there. Cool. Doing punch downs and working hard, and I was. <laughs> taking pictures on Instagram right. <laughs> whatever I do at a winery wondering if your work had been done yet exactly. anybody uh, here no anybody know what to do yeah right, somebody no I mean being being young into it for me uh, you know I do you know 90% of the punch downs pump overs and all the all the um, yeah. tasks just because I have, feel like I have one year to learn right. I have one I, or one one chance a year to learn one chance to like, do a little yeah. experiment and learn and that's yeah I, I mean I, I yeah I, I love it I, I, I get always harvest always rejuvenates me totally, for totally. everything else that goes crappy all year round. <laughs> harvest drives you. So 
I don't no. know. There's something about it. Everything's fresh and bright. And do, do a rinse. Yep. Might need more of a rinse after the barrel samples of Syrah, but here, take a good how it came out. So then, yeah, in the, after that um, 2017 harvest, I, uh, I started working for a broker called Springboard, and I worked with, oh, yeah. I worked with Springboard uh, up until from, let's see, 18 to 21 harvest. So a little over three years, um, which was a fantastic experience. I and were you built great, a ne- great network and doing yeah. sales? Yeah, doing sales. On, yep. Yeah, my territory is Napa, so um, you know, learning that side of the business. I mean, that's um, either the best. That's either the best um, territory or the worst territory, right? Because all those guys are all in all those places. Yeah. For me, either, it was good. Either one selling their own wines in there, or two asking you why they're not in there, right? A, a mix of both. Um, but in my case, we had such a strong. Remember, it has such a strong Napa book, right? Um, that it was a, it was a very good place. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I met a lot of sommeliers and wine buyers and, and built the network even more. And then I, you know, was able to as I maintained my responsibilities for Springboard, mix in our wines here and there. Um, and it was it was a, it was a win win for sure, yeah. and just learning that whole side of the business, side totally. of the business, you know. That's a great way in. Yeah, great way in. And I'd worked in tasting rooms before that. In between harvests, I had a little tasting room, some harvest, some wholesale. Um, so kind of putting all the pieces together. So this is from this La is down, Cruise, yep, which is part of the Keller Estate. Keller Estate, yeah. Yes. So just north of uh, Flacini. So. Similar area, similar soils. Um, similar wind. Similar wind. Um, I mean, I think that this wine has like a little saltiness to it, which I choose to believe comes off San Pablo Bay. Um, some it, people would it, argue differently, but it's, it's got a it could come from the water. Um, it's it's um, like a chili verde, like a like a pork chili verde mm. sort of aromas, where you have that like um, tomatillo, you know. Um, I definitely, you know, maybe it's just lunchtime. <laughs> I could definitely like have some tacos with this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it has a certain herbal element to mm-hmm. it that is more typical of Sauvignon Blanc than Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. A little and, greenness, yeah. You know, a little greenness, but in a really nice right, way. Right. Yeah. No, definitely not flaw. I mean, I mean, understand anytime, something. Anytime. I'm not much of a Chardonnay drinker. So, mm-hmm. Um, would you I, drink this? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> so there you go. There we go. <laughs> well, it tastes very Sauvignon Blanc to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I t- relatively right. Like, yeah. I guess what I was expecting. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's. I mean, it has this like. It has the the richness of Chardonnay in the texture, but, it, but instead of being in that like creamy, milky, buttery. It's, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm smelling like, yeah, it's like pork fat. It's like carnitas. <laughs> I mean, really. I don't, I've never heard this one before. I, I mean, that's what I'm like, I keep going back to it and I can't, yeah. that's the closest well, thing also, I can think of. It's like, it's got that like unctuousness. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I wonder if some of that's a little bit of a, was this a cultured yeast or was this a natural yeast? Everything's native. Nat- yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, was it some newer barrels? Uh, no, all 100% neutral. Yeah. 10 months in neutral, pungent, native primary, native secondary. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, 
what I, you know, reductive, if mm -hmm. you know, it has a little bit of that reductive character in a positive way right, right. that a lot of winemakers are searching for. I, I guess it's again, off my kind of radar, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's really intriguing wine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, pear, pear, apple, Chardonnay or, right. you know, buttery, toasty Chardonnay. It's, it's a compelling wine that makes you stick your nose in it. Yeah. Awesome. We drink a lot of, um, you know, a lot of like entry level Chablis, like Southern White Burning, like Macon and those. Um, when we get the chance, of course, we'll drink drink something. Right. Yeah. Somebody on you somebody know. else's cellar. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, the, that, the best Burgundies are other yeah, people's Burgundies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what we follow, you know. And um, I had a, uh, I had a Bourgogne Blanc from Jean-Marc Rouleau years ago. And I was like, wow, this balances that flinty reductive thing, but has so much texture and and verve at the same time. So I did what I do and I researched how he makes his Chardonnays, which is he's 12 months in, uh, in Oak and then, um, and then six months in steel afterwards to so bring that reduction back. So, so I, yeah. so I did 10 months in, in Oak and then five months in steel, yeah. um, just building the palette and the texture in the barrels. But then once I, once we feel like it's broad enough, uh, rack it into stainless steel, seal it, gas it once every couple of weeks to keep it clean. It. And then there, there's your little reductive kind of chiseled note right. and then get it into bottle. Yeah. And that's, that's what we do. So this is 2020 vintage? Yeah, 2020. This is, and this is your current release? Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, so they pulled this block out. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer because, you know, it takes, it takes more than a few years to learn a site, right? Right. Um, and I feel like we did this in 19 and 20 and uh, I feel like we're just getting a handle on it. Um, but this particular block was kind of on the upper knoll and it was, um, extremely low yielding and they were using it for their sparkling program. Um, the other blocks were much like healthier in their mind, which was true and Down the hill. fiscally responsible to farm, right. um, from a, from a tonnage perspective. So I was the only client buying this block and I just thought it was fascinating. And I think it yields that kind of like more textured kind of yeah. crunchy nuanced. Where are you going to move to then? Um, I found, um, a uh, an, an awesome vineyard out in uh, just east of Occidental, on the um, west of Sebastopol, just east of Occidental out there um, on the Sonoma. More Coast. territory, dairy territory. Yeah, apple. It, I was gonna say apples. Yeah, yeah. apples. Um, promising site. Um, will be different than this one. Uh, more coastal, a little cooler. Um, but yeah, we're trying that this year. Well, it sounds like it fits your pattern anyway. Yeah. No, it's been highly competitive to get into a lot of these vineyards that a lot of big time wineries have had um, their hands on for a long time. So especially um, when you want just a limited amount, huh? I am, I am the annoyingly small client with, yeah. uh, with have, they'll happily sell you the Syrah, but <laughs> yeah. oh, you want the Pinot and Chardonnay yeah, right. too? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Tom. And when do you want to pick? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When. Yeah. Right. You don't want to pick when we want to. Pick. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I, I tell them I, I sample uh, and I also haul all my own fruit. So I'll, I'll mm -hmm. rent trailers, rent trucks, I say if you'd please just pick it within five days of when when we would when we would hope to pick and uh, and I and we'll pay on time. I always you know try and be as good as yeah, I can yeah. and and that that usually opens the door. Well, that's, that's awesome. as transparent as you can get. Yeah, you know, that's what you need to do. Yeah, and so all in, how big are you guys? We made about eight hundred cases in twenty twenty one, up up from five hundred before, yeah. um, in anticipation of having the tasting room and also just we hit that point in our business where like jump in or, or scale back. Right. And, um, that's, we've jumped in as yeah. you can. Awesome. So, jumped in well. Yeah. So, Congratulations. Thank you. We're, we're excited.
Very much so. So it's um, it's we usually try to do this early on. Yeah, it's let's do all the plugs. Darlingwines.com. Yeah. Darlingwines.com. Yep. At Darlingwines on Instagram. Um, we're booking reservations to the tasting room via Talk. So explore Talk.com slash Darlingwines. Um, so far, so great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I think it's a great platform. We won't be. We've been using it for early on a month. Right. Um, but so far, it's been easy and and really beneficial. So um, how's it been the first month? Honestly, it, it's been fantastic. You know, we had, um, first two weeks, probably, you know, 12 or 15 appointments, you know, that was great. um, which is great for one person. And then we just hired a tasting room manager, uh, Lee Anderson, who started with us. So she's going to be in here, uh, a lot as well. And then I'll be in here when I can. So, um, doing a bit of a soft opening right now. Cause we're going to go back East and visit my family, um, for a couple of weeks you know, over July 4th. And then once we come back in July, that's when we're going to try and really going to catch a game while you're out there or anything. I don't know what the, with the 12 month old or 11 month old. Oh, baby yeah, might that's be right. Done. That's right. You've got, <laughs> but you've got I think we're going to do some, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll have some fun. So, yep. and they, with COVID and stuff, you know, they, they met Desmond at six months and now they're going to see him at 12. So right. we're not being able to travel too much. So yeah. we're excited about it. Well, book a tasting in July. Yep. So yeah, then yeah. you come see Tom. Yep. Yeah. Surely you'll do a great job in June. But <laughs> yeah. And then, you it. know, uh, sorry, Sam. Um, wine club? Yes. Primarily wine club, um, which is the focus. You know, our I think our goal right now is to grow to the point where we can kind of cap and then service the wine club, you know, maybe 2,000, 2,500 cases where I can continue to make all the wine myself, which is what my passion is. Um, that's That's the goal. Yeah. And then uh, Pierre Lesbray, our broker for Pepite Wines, he um, sells our wines in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Um, we're opening up just a very small little distribution in uh, Colorado. And uh, that's pretty much it for now. Cool. You're not going to get some Massachusetts distribution going? We're, so you, we're working so on it. It's business trips to go home and see we're, the We're family. working on it. What I learned, what I didn't know, was that Massachusetts was a franchise state. Yeah, Massachusetts is yeah. Um, yeah. Stay so, out of Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so we're working on it. That's the next step. What's a franchise date? Basically, it means that uh, once you start with a distributor there, they, they essentially own you. own you. They own your label in the state. And if you want to go somewhere else, you have to get divorced. Yeah, you, you pretty much can't. Yeah, so pretty much in. We were talking to one, one person who, who um, and, it, and it didn't work out. And uh, so now we're kind of, we're going to put some feelers out for some others. There's, but also speaking of small client, like, we don't make a lot of wine. It's, you know, the pricing is, is where it is. And right. so I don't think dollar signs necessarily flash at, at first, but hopefully we can find someone who appreciates what we're doing and we'll be excited about growing with us. Um, is, is the goal. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the, the trials and tribulations of a small label with distinct vineyard designated wines. You probably, you know, the distributors would be really happy if you made one Pinot Noir. Right. And you took everything and blended it together. <laughs> and they'd be like, great, let's do it. Let's take this 2,000 cases and uh, go to work. Yeah. Uh, way more uh, interesting and fulfilling to, to do it this way, right? Mm-hmm. I would agree. Well, you've got a fun summer ahead of you. We do. We really do. Yeah. 
no shortage of excitement. No, not um, at all. But definitely come into the taste of the, the Kayla Stein uh, ceramics. Yeah. The, the chart on the wall. Yeah, it's um, cool. That's, you know, the rainfall since basically since you've lived here, which <laughs> yeah. is, you know, it looks bigger on the wall than it is. In yeah, like, you know, Sam would look at that. We were talking about it today and we said, what is this one year where there's just no rain? And right. it was 2015, 16. There's t- 14 into 15, 15? I think, okay. basically, like the calendar year 15, there was almost no rainfall. You know, the, the the rainy season being, you know, over the winter, so it's 14, 15, 15, 16. The rain came in 14, and it came in 16. It basically didn't rain in 15. It's amazing when you can see it on the wall like that. Yeah. It's very cool. And you're right, that that might literally be more than... Yeah, it's probably you know artistic <laughs> license. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like it. It makes the impact. That's, no, it's the, it's a beautiful. It's going I mean, for thought provoking. Yeah, uh, conversation provoking. And piece. tied into what we do, you know, totally We're making wine. So and the these calming blues. I'm just <laughs> lulled, lulled into lulled into club country, membership. French country blue, Club. Do you do a twenty-four? Yeah, man. Only for certain people. Yeah. <laughs> Did he mention they, they were going to cap it, Sam? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Get in That's where right. you can. That's right. Bart, shout out? Um, no, by the time you uh, hear this, you will have received my summer uh, cold chain shipping email update winery mm-hmm. lab or winery seller. Um, yeah, vineyard update. My, my, my spring newsletter. That's all. Yeah. If you want to buy some wine, we're still selling wine. Good. Mm-hmm. So, Got some Shannon. Yeah. Sell wine. Yeah. Okay. Vinyl Sunday, July 3rd. Yeah. Tickets on sale. Marty O'Reilly uh, at the Denmark Street Barn. Food, wine. It's going to be a rosé release. Mm. Special member VIP section. Uh, going to be a big, big party. Big Who's concert. doing the food? I got Mike the Baker locked in right now. I got this uh, San Francisco hometown creamery that has a ice cream truck that's a VW bus. Okay, uh, and I'm working on probably tacos. <laughs> hey, well, Eddie, Eddie, oh, Eddie yeah. does tacos. Should I do Eddie? All right, Eddie. hit him up. He's done some of our release Eddie, parties, and it's phenomenal. You're booked, even if you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mike the Baker is always. Mike, awesome. Yeah, Mike the Baker, and Mike the Baker is working um, with uh, Miyoko's. And has done um, like a vegan topping on his on some of his flatbreads and stuff. So nice. might, might be throwing some of that out there. Uh, Marty O'Reilly headlining. We also have um, uh, Don and Tony, oh, like good. local Angel favorites, Sandy. and I think um, Mike Feskus is going to sit in with them. So we got the little, like the opening act. It's like a full blown concert. Um, so that's this that's cool. for sale. Uh, we got the can. You know, Phil sent me can subscription. Still going three drops of uh, cans all summer long because we don't need to do complicated cold chain shipping to ship, the, to ship the cans. No. Uh, so cans, get your cans for the summer. Easy. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, July 3rd, come here and then make your appointment to come down and see Tom at uh, Darling. Darling. Perfect. Right. Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a good trip. All right, Tom, thank you so very much. Thanks for so much for over. having me. Yeah. It's a real pleasure. Yeah. Wine, wine's a great man. Thank yeah. you very much. Enjoy. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week.